0: and <laughs> Hey, Bri, how you doing?
1: Hey, good and pretty good. How are you, Mario?
0: I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Hey, I was psyched to see you and Cameron climbing last week. How did uh, your session go?
1: It was pretty good. Haven't been on ropes in a while. I feel like I just need to start training a little bit more again. What was that hangboard you mentioned to us? Uh,
0: oh, it was a flashboard. I think it's the best one because you can use it indoors. You can use it outdoors. It doesn't really matter where you use it. You can hang it on stuff. You don't have to mount it to your wall, so it's pretty dope.
1: Oh, that's great, because I feel like I can't put holes anywhere in my house, but yeah, that's awesome. Where can I get it? Uh,
0: you can go to Tension's website, and then in, whenever you do, just drop in the promo code SAS 20 You'll get 20% off. You'll support the podcast, and yeah, but then they'll get it to you on the quickness.
1: Oh, sick. Yeah, I'll have to check that out.
0: Yeah. Are you guys climbing again this weekend? Yeah, I think we'll hit up uh, maybe the new... Rope gym down in the design district. Oh, the new movement is finally open. Nice. Finally, after our long wait. I know. That's a long wait, but I'm excited. Well, I'm looking forward to climbing with both of you guys, and I'll see you guys this weekend.
1: Yeah, I'll catch you later. Bye. Bye.
0: Friends and enemies, lovers and haters, welcome to Sends and Suffers podcast. I am your host, Mario Stanley. If you haven't already, please follow, like, and subscribe to Sends and Suffers podcast. Every bit counts, and we would love to hear from you, so take a moment to leave a comment. These go a long way and help others know what they're getting into and how good this show is. If this is one of your favorite podcasts, consider becoming a Patreon. For as little as $5 a month, you are investing in Sends and Suffers Podcast, and it's like buying your boy a taco, hanging out, and getting to know the good good that is coming your way. Monthly recaps, Early show releases and all the other cool things that we do. Thank you so much for listening to Sends and Suffers podcasts. My guest today is my mood, and my mood got me in a mood. Let me tell you, this DFW local celebrity got thousands of people on the social, been doing the Ninja Warrior game for a hot second, and is honestly straight up a good, solid dude, homie. So I'm seriously excited to bring you a part of the DFW Texas Legends. Maybe that's what we'll start, a Texas Legends series. I'll think about it. But right now, let me introduce you to Mahmood, a man who is an unlikely climber only because the world chooses to see him that way. But to me, he's an absolute crusher. So friends and enemies, lovers and haters, enjoy this conversation of two dudes getting to know each other and becoming homies. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you, man? Dude, I'm well. I'm well. Thanks for coming into the the studio, the dungeon, the dojo, whatever we're calling this thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm excited. So um, I... Don't know that everybody knows who you are. So first and foremost, welcome to Sends and Suffers podcast.
1: Feel, feel really good. Feel yeah. yeah. So
0: who are you, where are you from and what is your relation to rock climbing, the outdoors, whatever sports you love to do? Uh,
1: so my name is Mahmoud Akel, uh, 31 year old from Dallas, Texas. I grew up in Mesquite specifically, uh, Mesquite East Dallas area, mm-hmm. uh, And I got into climbing about five years ago, uh, just a whole change in life. I finished school and I'd always been like overweight and I kind of was just tired of living a life where I wasn't as active or just missing out on things outside. And I decided to get in shape via OCR and Ninja
0: Warrior. What is OCR? Uh, obstacle course racing. Oh, okay. I thought Ninja Warrior and obstacle racing are the same thing.
1: Uh, they there are the same thing, uh, but OCR is kind of like the Tough Mudders, Savage Race, um, Iron Man. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah all yeah. those kind of like go under that OCR umbrella. Fair Iron Man is
0: an, op- is an OCR. Or I think
1: that's more of a triathlon, actually. I was about to say,
0: Iron Man is terrible. Experience. I think I'm
1: thinking of a Spartan race.
0: That's what oh, I was thinking. Oh, yeah, yeah. That makes race. sense. That makes sense. Yeah.
1: So all of those. And I this looked super interesting ever since I was a kid. Like obstacle courses have always just kind of like intrigued me almost to the point where, like, When I was 18, I joined the military just because I, when we did like PT and ROTC and stuff, we would go and do like, like obstacle courses. And I was like, I could do that really well. Uh, I never joined the military, thank goodness, but that was kind of like an interest of mine. And I never really sparked that up again until after college. And I was like, I could do that. And as a 300, I was like 344 pounds at the time. I was like, I can't do it at that weight. So I had to get in shape and I joined a CrossFit gym. my my first six months of like just changing my life and at the end of that i was watching on like beastmaster ultimate beastmaster on netflix which is like netflix ninja warrior basically okay and i got in touch with this guy named steven who like used to work at dino rocks and he trained Mm, for ninja warrior and he won one of the episodes and i was like oh this guy's in arlington local this means it's possible okay yeah like that that for some reason that logically meant like I could do it. Uh, like this guy locally did it. I was like, if he can do it, I could do it.
0: Uh, I mean, that's fair. If you see someone in your community doing something, you're more likely to give it a shot.
1: Yeah. And so I decided to, I was like, all right, I'm going to just get in shape and see how far I can take this. Uh, Cause I, I definitely had the drive and the willpower. I just didn't have the body yet. And so I was like, I'm gonna make it happen. After like six months of doing that, I started going to a ninja warrior gym like once a week and realized I couldn't do anything. And I was like, how do I train this without like destroying my body or getting injured? Cause I was not in a place where I could train safely mm-hmm. at that weight. You just yeah. couldn't. So everyone was like, "Go rock climbing, go rock climbing. I had zero interest in rock climbing. Like none of it, like going inside. It just seemed like a, like to me, rock climbing was associated with like church camps and like oh. Chuck E. Cheese and like what you
0: did at main event. That's so funny because everywhere else it's considered so countercultural, counterculture. Like it, you know, people associate LSD, shrooms, weed, oh, you know, yeah. bird dog. Have you ever seen, um, Valley Uprising? Yeah. 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 That's interesting.
1: I would have never thought that because to me, like my perception of rock climbing was just what we saw, like growing up in, in elementary school, they put up a rock climbing wall, but we never used it. Mm. And then, you know, you'd go to lifetime fitness or you'd go to like a like main event or strike reel. And they have like the light ups. It's it's always sem- seemed gimmicky. Yeah. That makes sense. And so, and then like, Oh, it was one of those things that you'd go to like celebration station in Mesquite. Like they had the rock climbing tower and you're like, uh, okay, cool. Uh, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. and then, so that was, there was that idea of rock climbing for me. And then there was the, the other end of it where you're like the Everest climbers or the people who like go out and, and all of those. And so that was my gap of rock climbing. I didn't know anything in between. And so I was just like, yeah, that one's super crazy that I, it seems like, you know, what would like, we, what we said it the other day is like white people things. Yep. Like, that's yep. just like, I'm not, you know, growing, yep. growing up in Mesquite, like with a name Mahmud, I just never seemed like something I would consider. Uh, and then the other end was just didn't interest me. I was like, this is like a Chuck E. Cheese thing. And then you go in, it's like, you go to these gyms. It seems like they're just trying to cash grab. Yeah. So yep. that was just my mindset. So I was like, nah, but when they were like, Hey, you got to train, go do rock climbing and. Ended up going to Dallas Rocks or at the time it was Dallas Rock. No, mm-hmm. no, it was Summit at the time it Was Summit Dallas. Oh,
0: so you started before this, after the switchover. Yeah. Was it shortly thereafter? It was shortly right after, oh, yeah. Okay. And it
1: never went seriously though. Um, but then I would just go in and I couldn't do anything. This was, was impossible. And then, so I would get on like the top rope route and find like the easiest route I could do. And like, maybe I could do one clean send on it. And it was just the hardest thing. And then I would just be consistent. I would go four times a week, like two, two days on one day off, two days on again. And I would just do the same route until it got reset. And I'll just find the next easiest route and do that over and over until like I could do it 10 times in a session. And usually my goal was to do 10, like do a route 10 times within an hour. Mm -hmm. And then I'd call it a day. And like, that was rock climbing to me. I didn't care about grades. I didn't care about anything else. I just wanted my grips to be strong. So then Mm. once I got strong and was able to hang, I could go do Ninja warrior and try to crush that
0: did we meet then because i feel like i saw you doing this because this was before plano was built right Right. yeah i feel like did we meet at some point in time we we did
1: yeah i was i remember meeting like the whole like old dallas crew
0: yeah that was that that's a whole another animal that's not around anymore yeah and that
1: fun times man fun times (laughs) but i I i'm like i saw the evolution of that gym like just change from d rocks to what it is
0: now yeah, yeah, you came in right at the end. Yeah, they clean house pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah, it needed to be done. It, For it, sure. it, it definitely needed to be done. I'm, I call myself the last of the stegosauruses because I'm still <laughs> around. Uh, man, dude, that's wild. I, that's interesting. Everybody's story into rock climbing is always so interesting because mm-hmm. they're always so unique. You know, you hear some people, it's like, oh, my parents did it. or. I did it on a date like me. I mean, I went on a date and I was like, oh, this is great. You're terrible, but I'm, I'm sticking with this sport. Um, You know, and everyone's different and that's pretty cool. Your story is kind of similar. Do you know Albert? Okay. Mm -mm. Albert. Okay. on YouTube, you guys should, I, I, one of these days I got to link you guys up, but for sure it's, you guys have some similarities, which I think would be cool. And you should talk to him. Albert's now. Uh, in austin doing team trials for trying to get on the usa uh, usa speed team oh wow yeah yeah and he he said when he started he was like 2 225 he mm-hmm. was, he was he was uh he said he's like i was a big boy then and now he's in the running to be one of the fastest people in speed oh wow yeah that's wow. it's insane it's insane you rock climbing can completely transform your life
1: it it yeah that I've I've experienced that in so many different ways.
0: So what made you, well, before we, Mm -hmm. I want to know what got you hooked, but before that, so like how long did this cycle of just like, all right, I'm doing these 10 routes and like how long did you ever reach any of your other goals that you wanted to for a Ninja Warrior obstacle course? Oh, absolutely. Cool. What Uh, happened? uh,
1: So, and uh, that, it kind of like, once I took it serious, mm-hmm. things just started happening. It was like a rapid fire. So uh when I started, I was like, you know what? It was two thousand end of two thousand seventeen. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm gonna lose some weight and I'm gonna get on get on the show. I don't care how it happens. Like if I send an audition tape, I get in, great. If not, they had what's called the walk online where you can go camp out for two weeks and just pray that you get in. Um, but there was a way. So uh and that there's a whole another story for another time for sure. Like But when I did that, uh, I was like, okay, uh, there's the goal. That's the plan. How do I get to that? And I started training and training. And when, uh, the the gym I was working out at the obstacle warrior kids, it was in, it's right over like by the Galleria mall. Mm -hmm. Uh, I went there and it was like, I can't do any of this, but the people, it's just like the rock climbing community. They were super accepting. Cause it wasn't like no one was competing with each other. It was like my first experience of like people competing against the same obstacle. Mm-hmm. And I, I would see people at different levels struggling the same way. And then I saw that in rock climbing as well. So for me, I just had a really, really good community of people who really wanted to support me and train me. And I had some good coaches and, uh and I would learn by osmosis and seeing other people's experiences. Cause I couldn't really do all the exercises or do all the like, obstacles, but I would learn technique. I would learn body positioning. So I would like watch other people learn. And so it took me maybe about seven to eight months of just strictly doing like one week, one day a week, ninja training and four days of rock climbing, uh, before I was able to like compete, uh, uh, for ninja and do like rec sports or rec courses. Uh, Uh, and then one day this one chick, I forget her name. She was kind of like, I remember that she was like really crazy good at climbing and just, I don't know, not all. She was like, not all there, but she was just like really crazy. I know who you're talking about. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. And I I think, you know, who I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. yeah, So she was, she was crazy strong and just was like, Hey, but she was well connected and she had like tested for the show and stuff. And she's like, Hey, do you want to, do you want to test for American Ninja Warrior? They're coming here in Dallas and I can get you in. I was like, I have no business being there. What, what? And so I said, yes. And (laughs) uh, so I was like, yeah, okay. Um, And I emailed this guy, uh, the producer, and Mm -hmm. I got an email immediately back. And I was like, oh crap, this is real. Like it had his like, you know, his his name from at Ninja Warrior NBC or whatever it was. I was like, okay, this is not a scam. This is legit. Yeah. And so he's like, yeah, uh, what's your story? Like, what's your deal? And I was like, uh, I'm training for Ninja Warrior. And I was just like hundred percent honest. I was like, I started like six months, like six, eight months ago. And I want to get on the show. He's like, all right, cool. We'll let you test and you can bring two guests. I was like, okay. So I invited my, like one of my best friends, Eric, who he's like, like really good basketball player. And like, he got into climbing just cause he was tall and he like supported me and was really nice about it. And then my CrossFit coach, his name is Derek. And I was like. You want to go try Ninja Warrior because Derek is a side story. But when I was growing to CrossFit, um, remember I was 344 pounds at the time. I walked into a CrossFit gym, not knowing what CrossFit was at all. Like I knew it existed. I didn't know what it was. I was not a fit man. I, I was, I did, I studied music and I did arts. And like, I, that was my life growing up through high school and college. And I was like, I walked into this gym because I saw an ad on Facebook that said you pay $250 we give you a six week transformation, no membership, no nothing. And I was like, what's the catch, you know? Cause like as a bigger person, you're always told there's like seven different thousand ways to lose weight and all of it, you know, and, and none of it includes diet and exercise. So, yeah. and I've, I've taken every pill, I've tried everything and I'm like, ah, whatever. And I was okay with being a bigger person at the time. Like I, you mm-hmm. know, I had friends, I was dating somebody, like I was doing well in school, like job was great. So I was never insecure about my weight. It just seemed to be a problem for others.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. But then I realized it's like it was a necessity if I wanted to be an athlete, like you can't just be throwing 300 pounds around like that.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, it's legit. I mean, I'm sure there are a few people who can do it, but they're freaking Midianites and giant human beings. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've met a guy. There's a guy who used to there's a guy in the gym uh, in Grapevine named Bob. And Bob, if you're listening to this, you are a Midianite. But Bob is like seven foot four. Like he's like, he, like, he's really is seven feet tall. Cause I remember I've known Bob for years and he's the only person that I'm like, I have to look up to talk to him. Yeah. And then when he sits down and we sit down next to each other, I still have to look up and talk to him. So yeah, I get that.
1: Yeah. And so I was just like, all right, cool. I walk I walked into this gym and I, man, I don't know if I read it wrong, but like, I knew I wasn't going to do this. I was living in Arlington at the time. I had just finished school. I was at UTA Mm -hmm. and I was like, all right, I drove 45 minutes to this gym and I was like, Oh, this is a dumb drive. Like not worth it. I go in and I don't see any like workout equipment or cables or nothing that I'm used to seeing at like an LA fitness or something like that. And I'm like, yeah, this is, I'm definitely out of my wheelhouse here. And I see Derek and he's like, like kind of like, what what are you doing here? And kind of like, I was like, I'm here for this consultation. And he's like, gave me this look at my body kind of thing. Like, and maybe I read it wrong, but I was like, I was like, all right, just basically he said, do what we tell you. And like for six weeks, you will see a change. He didn't promise me anything else other than a change. And I was like, that's vague. I take it. All right. But he didn't like, it was like the thing that sold me was like, you pay one time and he's like, you can pay half a front. And then if you know, after a week you like it, you pay the rest of it if you want. But he goes, it's 30 people. It's a six week challenge. And just eat what we tell you to do and do the workouts come three times a week. And I was like, that's it. Three times a week, one hour. I can do that. Yeah. And I was like, I just had to do it. And I didn't realize. And I I was always honestly kind of like, I want to prove this guy wrong. Cause he gave me this like, look like, I don't think you're going to make it like, here's the information, (laughs) but you're not gonna like good luck. And I was just like, the, I was in the car. I was like, you know what? Fuck that! Like, no, nah, I'm I'm gonna do this. I'll, I'll do it badly, but I'm doing this. Fuck it. Three days a week, driving 45 minutes from Arlington in like completely inconvenient. Yeah, I want to prove that guy wrong. I showed up and there was like 30 of us, 15 men, 15 women. And I was like, okay, what the hell did I get myself into? And the first workout was like, all right, we're gonna run a mile around the thing and we're gonna do this. And I'm like, oh, okay, we're in it now. And then we we got done and like, meet us at the board and they're like, here's the workout. I was like, we didn't work out. That was just the warm up. And I was like, oh crap, this is going to be 30 days of this. So <laughs> uh, ultimately like after 30 days uh, out of 30 people, like three of us were left and I was one of them. And Derek, he was like, oh, I didn't think you were going to make it. Or he said something. I was like, ah, oh, but Hey, you're here. And then they locked me in for six more months. And like, dude, I I'll say this, like CrossFit has its whatevers, but like, dude, I paid $200 a month after that. And it was the only thing that worked for me. Like I stayed in, I stayed, I worked out, I got in so much shape. I lost almost 80 pounds just being there. Mm -hmm. And they supported me so much. And Derek like got behind me and he was like, all right, he created an event where he invited all the CrossFitters to go to a Ninja Warrior gym so we could all experience it. And then they trained Spartan and they trained OCRs all the time. And so I started training with these guys to get stronger and when the ninja warrior opportunity came up i was like derek you want to come through and we were going to test so we were at state far uh, at the state fair mm-hmm. park and we all show up and uh derek's with me eric's with me and when we get to the park where you're lining up it's kind of like first come first serve and you start seeing like all these popular people from tv and they're like oh that's that guy that's this guy from tv and i don't know if you know karsten williams the name sounds familiar he comes to plano a lot he's a he's a ninja warrior he's pretty. He's been in the show, I would say over six, seven years now, he's Mm -hmm. been in a lot and he's kind of like the, one of the guys I would talk to and get some advice from, uh, just through passing. And I saw him there and everyone was like, all right, let's line up. And one guy went in and we didn't get to test the course because one guy got injured and it was a whole ordeal. He went in, uh, he got the six obstacles, got to the fourth obstacle, which was like a trampoline. And dude jumps on the trampoline the wrong way, snaps his leg and ha- like just right there. You just hear it like, out. Oh dude, it was like a, like a carrot uh, snapping. Uh, and you're like, Oh, okay. So they paused, they paused testing for that day. And luckily, or unfortunately, because we only had time for that day, we couldn't test anymore. But that got us an invitation to compete for the next year because, or go to test the next year. And then uh, they put us on what's called, then they changed it for 2019 in OKC If you wanted to get on the show and you didn't get auditioned, you can do what's called the lottery. And that was a new thing. And so the second year, I we applied to go, we show up to this random spot in Oklahoma City. And it was just like where they're filming, but just kind of off and random at this Olympic training park. Mm -hmm. And they're like, show up. And we show up, there's a bunch of people, and you're basically picking a raffle, and in that raffle, your odds are much better than getting on the show than actually submitting a tape because a thousand more than a thousand tapes were submitted, but only a hundred people were there and you get one, like one chance in 25 rather than one in a thousand.
0: Oh yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Your odds are definitely better.
1: Yeah. So, uh, and the thing is if you got on the show, you got a ticket, you're on the show and then you basically go do your own thing until midnight. And then that's when they film the show for an uh, at the night, like a hundred or two, yeah, 125 people, like, will start at like 11 p.m. and then go on until
0: Wow I guess they film it at night just for lighting purposes it looks better or
1: lighting and then uh mainly I'm not I wasn't entirely sure there wasn't because when they first started the show they would do it during the day they would do it whenever what time of year was it uh so it was all in for our area it was always in March like March April so it's cold. It's cold. Yeah, it yeah, sucks. yeah.
0: I was about to say, I thought maybe cause it's hot. Okay.
1: No, that water sucks. Yeah. It's, I can imagine. So <laughs> you get there and, uh, and especially in Oklahoma, uh, so we do the, the lottery and my buddy get, my buddy, Eric gets a ticket and gets to be on the show and you, they only gave out 20. And so he got number ticket number 19, which was great for him. But the, Sad part, what we learned about Ninja Warrior, because you got to consider it's like Hollywood and all that yeah, stuff yeah. too. Um, he, like, only the first 10 will get to run. And then the other uh, back 10 of the 20, it's kind of like if there's time, you get to run. But what sucks about that is if you're on that list, you don't get to test the obstacles because should you compete, you, you, sh- it's going to be your first time trying it. So my buddy Eric, uh, he was on it, but unfortunately didn't make it onto the show. And didn't get to test the course, but I got to test the course. And out of six obstacles, I made it to the fourth one, uh-huh. which is always balance. And I died on that one. That was just, they had these surfboard things. It's like three surfboards and it's like there, it's like on, it's like a shape of a T and the, the bottom of it is a a spring. Uh-huh. And so you jump on it and it kind of wobbles and you're supposed to kind of like parkour run through it. Okay. Yeah. Everyone yeah. was dying on it. And the cool thing is, is, well, not the cool thing, but the interesting is is it's like they're adjusting it accordingly
0: for the competitors so oh i didn't know that it doesn't look like it's adjusted does it yeah no
1: they they'll they will adjust it like so like hey this was too easy of an obstacle we're going to put like so whatever all the like people who are who had like experience in parkour they were breezing through it and they would step on the center of it and just kind of bolt it so what they did was they put this triangle thing on it, like this triangle foam pad. So if you stepped on the middle, you're, you'd roll to either side and then that was taking everybody out. And so they had to find the balance of, is this obstacle, can this obstacle have a, a lower failure rate, but not too high of a passing rate?
0: Yeah, that makes sense. So,
1: and then, uh, I wasn't, I didn't experience this, but a lot of the females would tell me that they would adjust the obstacles for them just because of height. It was just kind of impossible for some people to do some of the things mm-hmm. there. And so you'd see that some of them moving things unprompted. Uh, you see a lot of things behind the scenes when you're on set. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, 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 But for anybody who was interested in trying Ninja Warrior and you can't get on the show if you don't get it, uh, they are very open to letting people test the course. Uh, okay. Yeah. As long as you have a good story and you're like athletic and like, and they don't just accept anybody, but uh, it's a pretty good shot. And if you can't get on, that's like the minor leagues of Ninja. And so I was able to do that and try the course and still get the experience. I didn't get on the show like proper, uh-huh. but I had the great experience and I got invited back for the next year, but then COVID happened and they kind of.
0: Yeah, yeah. The whole world changed after that. But that's,
1: yeah. So then uh, while I was doing all that in between how I ended up in climbing was uh, Noah Hill. Do you know Noah? Yeah, Hill? yeah no, we, all, Noah. We, all, we all know Noah Hill. Yeah. Uh, shout out to him. Always. He, he, we were talking about it and he, I was like, hey, you got to come to, and oh, the ninja gym that I was training at, I ended up working at the working there. After. I
0: remember this. Yeah, yeah. Cause I think when you and I first, first really started chatting, chatting, you were still working there.
1: Yeah. I had gotten into all of that coaching, creating curriculum and, and just, I really went in on it. And after my first experience testing, uh, not, not really testing the course, but seeing the experience uh, in Dallas, I was like, oh, I'm in on this and I want to mm-hmm. do it. And I told myself whatever next opportunity I got job wise, I was going to go in like 110%. I'm not going to, I'm not going to hold back.
0: Just because like, you know. Yeah, no, no, MBA, makes sense. I mean, yeah. it, follow your passion, man. If it like lights, if it lights your fire, then go for it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I was working at the bars at the time, like working as a bartender and I was just like, it was great making good money, but like every night it's the same thing over and over dealing with people like kissing, butt for like $4, $5 with the tip. I'm just like, yeah, I fuck this. Um, yeah, I'm going to go teach some people how to jump on a warp wall, yeah. you throw your body. You know, like I was being in the industry, in the Ninja industry, I was a, like I got to see so many crazy athletes and just witness just people at peak performance, Mm. just doing crazy thing. There was this gentleman named Frank Chapman. Uh, Hmm. he, he was like, you know what the traversing rings are? Yep. I have never seen anybody do that at all or do it well. And he would just get on this, these, these rings and just fly, like just throw it. And I mean, like if he let go, dude would die. I'm just, it's crazy. And I would just see that daily and just see people doing silks and doing, uh, all kinds of just crazy stuff. There's this guy, uh, this, this, uh, athlete, his name is Isaiah. He's a young cat. Uh, he was like the young, one of the youngest guys to get on Ninja warrior when they were letting people under 18 or under 21, he was like okay. the first 15 year old to get on the show and do well. And, uh, he trained, he's from this area and he trains, uh, Plano a lot.
0: This does his dad own a ninja gym? No, that's a different person. Okay. Yeah. I'm thinking, I, I, I'm thinking of Steven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Him and I are good buddies. The plants. Yep. 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 I know the plants. Yeah. They're, they're good people. Yeah. I,
1: I only know them and like through others. Uh, I mean, I worked, I worked for his old boss or he mm-hmm. used to work for the ninja company and I worked for his old partner. Uh, and then the drama they had between that, but that, that's different thing. Um, But uh, Yeah. Uh, his name is Isaiah. He trains like really, really well. And I got to see him come up and like start from like, well, I guess like, a and, like he would do like one of the easier ninja classes or he was just in one of the beginner classes or he was in one of the classes and I'd see him. And then a year later, two years later, he's competing on like American Ninja Warrior Junior. And, and just seeing that progression, I wanted to be a part of it. And how I, back to how I got into climbing though, uh, Noah Hill, I would tell him, Hey, uh, I'm working at this ninja gym. You gotta come check it out. And he's like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he then he was curious. He's like, Tell me about these competitions you guys host. And I was like, Come try one out. And he goes, Nah. I tell you what. He goes, I'll try out a competition. No training. Just seeing how it, like only my training as a rock climber how that would fare. And if I do that, you go
0: outdoors. Because <laughs> I was like, Definitely Noah.
1: And I was just like, I'm not. I haven't. I'm not gonna go outdoors. I'm not gonna try it. But it, and I didn't think he was ever gonna do the competition. But he did. He showed up and he got like. I think out of like 40 something people got 17th place. Nice. He did very well. He got, he got really far. uh,
0: Did he have uh, a little stance where he started doing it for a little while? Uh, I think he wanted to, but then he got injured and then, Oh yeah. He He got injured. And then I think once he got better, then he moved to the Valley shortly thereafter. Yeah. He
1: was going through all of that. Mm -hmm. And so, but I, I was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta hold my end of this bargain. And I don't, I don't think he understood how serious I took it. And so there was another guy who I was starting to climb more. I was bouldering more, and I was feeling confident and doing well in climbing. And I started getting cool with the Summit Dallas staff. And one person, uh, Zach. Do you know Zach Camacho, Camacho? I know who he is. Yes. Okay. So he was always super cool guy. Just one of the few in the there in the gym who was like different from everybody else. And he was like super excited and. Hey, I told him, Hey, we were talking and like, you know how a lot of people are like, we should all go climb outside sometimes. And then I was like, he he said that to me. I was like, let's pick a date. Let's, let's do it right now. And he's like, okay. And then I didn't know what I was signing up for. He's like, you know what, dude, tell me when you're free. And he goes, just bring your gear, show up and I'll take care of everything. And I was like, all right. And we were going, we ended up going to HCR. It was my first time. Oh, nice. That's a big trip. Yeah. And so this was May of 2019. And so like, Every, May is my birthday month and on my, for my birthday, I usually like to go on trips or solo trips and just kind of do my own thing. That's mm-hmm. just, I prefer that. I don't like parties. I don't like anything like that. Yeah. yeah. same so. here. So I'm like, I'm going to do what I like on my birthday. And so what better way to do that than to go to Arkansas with nine other guys and nine other people. I had no idea who they were. <laughs> didn't know who these people were. Uh, and I kind of like let on that. I probably knew a lot more about outdoor climbing than I did. Uh, probably purposely just so I could stay on the trip. <laughs> I, like, I want to be, a, I want to be a part of this. They're like, you know how to lead climb. I was like, yeah, no, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> they were like, you can figure it out.
0: Yeah. I was about to say, I'm sure you did really quickly. Oh, I learned. I feel, yeah. It wasn't hard. I mean, it's not hard. It's just like people have a hard time balancing the fear and the mechanics of it. And I think like, if you can just focus on the mechanics of climbing mm-hmm. then it's easy. And also just don't get on hard routes to begin with. No. Yeah. That's that, that. That's like the key thing. Just get on the easiest thing possible.
1: Yeah. So when I went out there, I was like, this is crazy. Like I don't camp. I've never done anything like this before. Like, oh, that was
0: your first time camping.
1: Like that kind of serious camping. I've, I've gone to like car camping. Yeah. I've done now. Nah, I wouldn't consider those like other times camping. I thought it was camping. No, this was camping. This was sleeping on the floor with two other dudes in a small tent. I was like, yeah, this is camping. <laughs> uh, so we were, uh, Uh, so we were out there and I didn't know anybody and I was just being nice. I was like, I didn't know to everybody. I didn't tell anybody it was my birthday. I just didn't want to like, I don't want nine strangers like singing me happy birthday. But you know, Mm -hmm. it was just weird. But, uh, I kept it chill. And then Zach, uh, was like set up everything for us, man. He had all the gear, got us out there, took care of it and got me up and down the wall, taught me how to lead climb. And the cool thing about being out there was like everyone was summit staff or like they all were experienced. So I wasn't out there with people who didn't know what they were doing. I felt pretty safe. Mm -hmm. Uh, But once I started climbing, like there was this, I think it's called this route out there. It's called Green Goblin. Yeah. Green Goblin is
0: a classic.
1: So that was like my first send out there. And I was just like, oh, okay, I can do this. Like that's.
0: The lights turned on.
1: Yeah. And you're sitting up there and like I took a moment. And like, you just look around you're like, I'm up here. Like, oh man, I just, I just experienced something. I was like, okay, let's do this again. Let's do this again. And then that's it. I, it bit me, the bug bit me right then and there. And I was like, I could not stop thinking about just climbing. And like, I just couldn't, it was just there. And like everything I did after that moment had to be in support of me climbing and being a better climber.
0: Yeah, Zach's a good dude. I, it dawned on me who you're talking about. Like exactly. I see their their face in my head. Yeah. yeah, Zach's a good dude. Yeah, you're lucky you went out with him. He's a very good dude. He's I had a very, I had a cool cool crew. I
1: had Zach, Kelly, mm-hmm. uh, Kelly Mason. Yep. Um, Willard yep. and his girl. Yep. I forget her name, but uh, she yeah. Them and who else was on? Dan, Daniel Ford. Oh yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen Daniel in a long time. Yeah. These are just all these crushers, man. Like people who I'd see on the wall indoors and I'm like, oh, I gotta, yeah. And got to know everybody. And then I got to meet people out there. Uh, That's where I learned. That's where I met tree. Yeah. Local legend tree. Tree is the legend. And I think I'm one of the few who he hasn't taken on the first outdoor trip.
0: Yeah. I forget tree has indoctrinated so many people into climbing. It's unreal. Yeah. 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 I was about to say,
1: but, and, and, but I remember meeting him out there and getting to know him throughout the community. And just after that, I was like, I'm hanging out with people who are going to get me on these walls. And uh, this is, it. it's my life now. And that's, that's kind of how it, it sparked. And I would, I worked at the Ninja gym and I would still train Ninja. Mm-hmm. But then when the pandemic hit, I unfortunately got let go and uh, Samantha sold the company and I was like, I guess I'm going to, I just went back to bartending, saved up money. And I was just like, I'm training now. That's it. I'm just training for trips. And then, uh, when the pandemic let up tree actually then took me out to Waco tanks.
0: Oh, yeah. and this was went like to the Mecca. Yeah. I, I it's all, you did your pilgrimage. That's like, that's a time honored Texas, like any Texas rock climber, you've been climbing long enough. Everybody makes a pil- pilgrimage to Mecca.
1: And it was, it was, I knew how valuable that was. So when I just got a random text, like you want to go to Waco tanks? Um, Yeah. Yeah. We're doing this. Yeah. I'm not going to (laughs) say no to this. And it was fresh out. Like the gyms weren't even open yet because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. It was that week before. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. So the state parks opened up even Waco was open, but no one was there.
0: Yeah, because everybody was terrified. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, rightfully so. I mean, the world was in chaos. For sure. Yeah. So, but we had
1: the entire place to ourselves.
0: Oh, man. The
1: entire place. And it was dude, just quiet. that's a rarity.
0: That's a rarity. So we were out there for a week. Uh.
1: And I mean, I, I was just like, dude, after a month and a half of sheltering in place or two months of sheltering in place and just being in a house with two other dudes who I was ready to kill, like, I was just like ready to get outside and we hadn't climbed and this is like... I, if I had to do one more Facebook workout, I'm done. Like I just needed to be outside and just get into nature. Yeah. And we went out there. I couldn't climb anything, but it was (laughs) like, I I realized how weak I was. One, like a break, you were a break from the pandemic. And two is just like.
0: Waco is a different animal too. Like that's one of the things, like you hear this thing. A lot of people say, you know, you're going outside for your first time, whatever grades you climb indoors, you need to go two grades down Mm -hmm. because outdoors is harder. And I think the answer is outdoors is not harder. It is different. Yeah. Let's say the way I like to put it is, um, this is probably gonna be the worst example I can ever give, but it's going to make it, but I think it makes the most amount of sense. You're going to read the Bible. You can read the King, the old King James version, and then you can read this new modernized version. Mm -hmm. They're the same thing, but the context is a little different and you might have to read one of them a little bit more just to get the difference. And climbing is kind of the same way. Outdoor rock climbing, it's the exact same thing. The only difference is, is granted outdoors in nature, there's a lot more elements. There's a lot more things involved. But like once you understand how to move on stone, Mm -hmm. you actually, in my opinion, you have a better appreciation and it's easier for you to move on rock indoors. But learning how to move on stone is key. And, but the point of stepping down grades is not so much because it's necessarily harder, it's because you don't necessarily know what you're doing. And I'll say that was very true for me for my first time going outside. I was just like, this makes no sense. But I kept on doing it. And then when it clicked, I was like, oh, this is what you're looking for. This is a foothold. You're looking at depth perception. You're looking at shadows that are casted in the rock. Oh, if I if I look at this thing and it looks like there's a jug, it doesn't mean that it is, but like the, the way the sunlight is casting on this rock, oh, these mm-hmm. are the things... These are the, these are the nuggets that I need to know to send. And like, once you figure it out, then, you know, the world opens up.
1: Yeah. It, it took a minute to learn that. And, mm-hmm. but you're right. Is like, you do have to kind of keep in perspective that the grades outside are probably a little different than what we're used to on the indoors. Very much so. And what I, I got that, I learned that lesson real quick. And, and, but the cool thing was, is like, when I went back to the gyms, I was like, now I know what it takes. Mm. Now I know where I'm at like I thought I was a strong climber climbing v3s v4s like i'm on my i'm on the track i'm doing great And then I went outside and I touched the v1 and I was like, okay, never mind like I need to I need to catch up. I need to you know Get get on the, the right level and on the right mindset and When I every time I went in indoors or I would every all my workouts were calculated or they were planned out. I was like, what am I working towards? Am I working towards this route? Am I working towards this route? And then I just would train
0: better. Was there a particular moment, like a boulder or a thing that made you realize that like, oh, I need to like do this different.
1: Uh, So yeah, there was a V1 Hershey symphony out yeah. there. Yep, That's, yep. I love slab. I really like it a lot. And I would, that back slab wall at, at, Summit Dallas, that mm. tall, sketchy thing that no one likes. I love that wall. Oh my God. It's good. A yeah. lot of it, character building on that wall. Put hair on your chest or hair
0: wherever you need it to grow. Fair. Yeah.
1: And so I was like, I could do this. And they're like, all right, cool. And and they're like, hey, it's kind of a sketchy fall. I'm like, uh, sketchy falls. I'm not going to fall because that's how I was. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> I was like, I could do this. And then I look at it and I'm like, okay, this is scary. And like, I don't know if you've seen the route. Have you yeah, seen the route? I have. So it's like in between these two like a crack between these two big boulders and if you fall you're going to fall into like this narrow chasm Mm -hmm. and i'm like man if i fall i'm not going to slip through that i'm going to get stuck there this could be potential hazard all right now i'm scared and then the start is on this like slab like if you fall on that you slide down and then the first few moves are over like the archway of that boulder Mm -hmm. and i was like and you just follow the crack line i was like i could do that okay just just don't be scared and then I realized that I was just completely unequipped in so many different ways. When I, the second I touched the route, I was like, my shoes were not the best shoes. I was climbing in so ills. Like, they there was just some completely worn out. They're not for outdoors. The shoes mm. that I had at least, um, uh, I couldn't control my heart rate, my anxiety. I was just so scared. And then like, I did take like two falls over like the worst spot. Oh. And like, luckily I had tree and another guy who was tall enough to like push me into the pads. But I was like, okay, I am nowhere close to doing this. You were right lucky way. you
0: walked out of there because a lot of people do not walk out of there.
1: No, it was not. Yeah, it was not. It was not the best. I, I wouldn't do that again. Um, but I was just super ignorant. I didn't, I didn't know. It, and I was like super cocky. And I was like, I could do this. I was so, so, so sure of myself. Mm-hmm. And then it was just very humbling. And Did I- Did you
0: get on the route again? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah.
1: Have you? Uh, Not yet. I haven't had a chance to go back. Uh. Just because I haven't felt too confident about it, okay. But I think you I was, can do it. I think now I could. Oh I think, yeah,
0: I, without a shadow of a doubt.
1: But I was like, I can train. I just haven't had a chance to go back out there and and really make my. I just haven't had a chance. I just.
0: If I'm, you love yeah. slab too, you should look at a route called Slim Pickens. Slim Pickens. Yeah, it's real. Yeah, it's it, out there. Uh, it's. I think it's in the backside of the East Spur. Okay. But uh, it's 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 a very committing slab route. Mm-hmm. It's not. I don't think it's the hardest slab route. It's just. You need to have a lot of conviction in your movement. You just got to move with confidence. Like, even if you don't think it's going to work, just move with confidence and just keep on going. And like, you just kind of take it one one step at a time. The moment you start like, I don't know if this is going to work, you're coming down. But if you're like, I'm I'm here, like, let's just like, let's just keep moving, Mm -hmm. keep moving, keep moving. You can do it. It's like to the, it's, I think it's to like the the right of cow puncher. Um, But yeah, Slim Pickens is pretty good. Yeah. That's in the East Mountain? East, spur yeah, East back Burr. spur. yeah. Cause like one of my favorite routes of all time is Genghis Bells is back there and it's not too hard It's a five, but like, it's one of those routes where like you have it, the fall is on a ramp. So you have to like line pads all along down this ramp. And, um, if you fall, you hit the pad and then you slide down to the bottom, no matter what. Oh, oh that's great, man. Sounds it's a, like,
1: sounds like a fun time. Honestly.
0: Oh, it is. It's, it is. Yeah. It is. There's some skyhook beta that you got to use, but we can get into what that is later. For sure. Oh, dude, you got to go. You got to make a trip to, do you have a trip to Waco planned? I,
1: uh, if I do, it would be, I would like to do it probably this November or this like either coming fall. Yeah. This fall. Um, I just don't want to, I went in May. It was too hot. Oh, dude, no. too hot. Staying no. hydrated sucked, especially because like no one was out there, so the facilities were closed, and like yeah. we had to. It was just like, a lot of extra stuff. But no, I'd go out when it's a little cooler. I mean, like, and just feel better about that. I, I definitely would go.
0: Feb is the time to go. February. Feb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the coldest. It's definitely the coldest. It's usually the driest out there. February and January, like you know, or you could, you should consider uh like February. You can go for Thanksgiving. Um, but I think spending New Year's in Waco tanks, cause it's usually pretty freaking cold and it's a great time to be there. Oh yeah. 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 Uh,
1: yeah, I did, I definitely need to go. Cause I only went to North mountain cause I didn't have a guide. No, oh, yeah. okay. COVID again. <laughs>
0: yeah. 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 Hire a guide, to take you back out to the East. It's yeah. worth it. It's so worth it. I think it's some of the best climbing is back there.
1: Oh, that's yeah. yeah. Then we'll yeah. definitely, I got to look into that for yeah. sure. Right now, the trips that I have planned right now this year, um, I have, H- I have HCR again,
0: mm-hmm. and then I plan to go to Nevada, okay. Red Rocks. Yeah, dude, Red, dude, I've spent a lot there. Dude, yeah. that, that place is amazing. Uh, one of the best, cli- I think it's one of the best accessible climbing places in America. Really? Yeah, yeah, for bouldering, rope, sport climbing, um, multi-pitch, like it's, it's it's alpine cragging. It's accessible to everything. I almost considered moving there. Oh, really? That's, yeah. yeah. That yeah. nice. Yeah, it's not nice. It's nice, oh, but man. it's so cheap to fly to Vegas. It's like, just go to Vegas and have a weekend with a bunch of friends. It's one of those places where like, you can literally just call up a bunch of people. and am like, hey, does everybody want to split an Airbnb and a car like this time? And in my opinion, the beta is, is if you can get a lot of people and like, say you can get like eight or nine people to go with you. And if everybody agrees on a schedule, like, okay, this day we're going to go bouldering. This day we're going to go sport climbing, you know, and um. This day we're going to go multi-pitch, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so this is my secret beta for that place. You get about like 10 people to go so you can split the trip up. And anyone listening to this is like wanting to shoot me in the face right now because there are like 10 people. That's so many people. But here's okay. what you do. You get 10 people. You get all your flights to Airbnb. Then you go to Enterprise and you rent a church van and you take out the back seat so you can throw all your stuff in there. And then your first day, everybody goes bouldering or does something that everybody wants to do. And then people rotate rest days. So the rest day is the driver. And then you just kind of hang out and like, then it's great because then you're like the rest day, the person is just taking photos. They're just hanging out. They're making lunch. They're like, you know, and it's like most climbers kind of have a servant's heart, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if you if you don't, that's no, no, no quarrels. But. Um, but then you on your rest day and you're just taking care of people, you got some walkie talkies, you're just driving around, picking people up, you know, just having a great day. But then the rotation, you just rotate that rest day. And so one person always has it off. The nice thing about it is, is too, is like, let's say if like a group, like a large group, a large group of us went Mm multi-pitching. Well, it's an all day thing. It's not like, yeah, we're going to do a couple of routes. So like that, like it's like a 30 minute, it could be as short as a 30 to 20 minute hike. All the way to a two hour, three hour hike, two to three hours of climbing, and then you get back. So on those days, that's a great day to like a a large people who don't want to do it. Take a rest day, go to Hoover Dam, go catch a show at Circus Olay, go do something, go to the other side, the east side of Vegas and go shoot guns all day. I mean, you can do whatever you want. Like Vegas has everything, but it's nice because then you can kind of rotate. But then you're splitting an entire trip between 10 people and it's dirt cheap. It is dirt cheap, especially if you get an Airbnb with a kitchen and, you know, some of the people, the person who's on rest day is also on cook duty because, you know, or just go out to eat all the time and just split the bill. It doesn't matter. Me personally, I want to cook my food and I like to cook for people. So we would just like the, we would get there and then we would go grocery shopping and then we would do most of the cooking, like all the meats and all the heavy things we would cook right there. And then we would just warm food back up and then prepare the vegetables or prepare the pasta or whatever is easy. And we'd be like sharing like four bottles of wine between 10 people. It would be great. So that's like my like if you're going to do a homie trip, it's the best. And then if you're doing that many people, too, I don't know if this is still true or not, um, but I think the numbers around 10, you can even call like a travel service and Mm -hmm. get a deal on airline flights. It's like, cause everybody's on the same flight. Oh, that's yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think the number is 10. Uh, we never did that, but I heard that that was a thing that you could do. So, I I mean, someone on the internet will correct me if I'm wrong.
1: Fair enough. I'm pretty sure like the more like preparation you can get a chip, a trip to be pretty cheap and efficient and fun. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah. We, I want to say not including flights than for a week. For a a week and a half, I want to say we were at, with the van and food and park pass and fuel, I want to say we were at like 10 people. We were like, mm, I don't remember. This was years ago. This is like seven years ago. So I'm not going to include inflation, but I want to say we were at like $30 a day, $25 a day. That's not bad. Like for 10 people. I honestly don't remember because like we splurged, you know, like someone wanted to buy some, someone bought some whiskey because they wanted old fashions. So like when we split up the bill at the end and the rule was, is like, if you wanted something on your own, you paid for it out of that. But other than that, like we all kind of like agreed that we were splitting everything. Community style. Yeah, yeah. And so what I did is I just, you know, anytime there was a bill, I just had everybody Venmo me right then and there. And then it was always, we just paid everything right then and there. And it was kind of easy. Um, yeah. Demo cards go a long way. They make it really, really easy.
1: Yeah. I, that's kind of what we did. We just did that. This for HCR, we just went in November and we all went like seven of us went in on a cabin and that's game changer.
0: No, I did. It's the best way to go. Game, it's
1: easy. Game changer. We spent, I spent, it was like 40, $50 for yeah. like four days. And then we had a hotel basically outside. I like it was nice. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean it, Yeah. I mean, it, it was somewhere between like 30, maybe 30 to 45, 50 yeah. bucks a day. But even then it's still, you had, you know, three meals a day, mm-hmm. transportation all that included all the rental crash pads that we had. And, you know, we brought all our own climbing, all the other climbing gear we just brought and we all flew on Southwest. So bags fly free. So yeah. it, it was like it too was, easy. It was too easy.
1: Well, so. On trips like that, like that's your homie trip, right? When you go and hanging out and climbing with people, how Mm -hmm. about trips where you have like serious projects or like, would you handle it the same way? Or is it like more business oriented where you're like, I need people who are on the same track as me who want to go and work and get this done and then come back. (laughs)
0: I hope you have enjoyed this conversation with me and Mahmood. Now, if you listen to the end, you get to hear this little Easter egg. On March 18th, this coming weekend, I am hosting a day of climbing at Rogers Park. There's only 25 spaces, and you want to hang out with your boy, go to my Instagram bio, click on the link, and then scroll down, and you'll see a little form. Or you can just go to MarioStanley.com forward slash 411, and the information is there. I hope you have enjoyed this conversation, even though it was cutting in the middle. I wanted to build the anticipation. I was excited. All right, I'm being weird. I'm having an old-fashioned, so I'm going to get off of here. Remember, if you're not suffering, you got to ask yourself, is the send really even that worth it? Is it even worth it at all? I don't know. I like to suffer, and I'm rambling, so I'm gone.
1: Come on, yo-yo!